0: On today's episode of the Shameless Mom Academy, we're talking with Sarah Haley. Sarah is an LA-based fitness specialist and creator of three award-winning programs. Some of her programs include the Excuse Proof Workout, Sweat Unlimited, the Prenatal Workout, and Expecting More, and the new Postnatal Program she just put out, Expecting More, the Fourth Trimester Workout. With over 15 years of experience in the fitness industry and seven years as a Reebok Master Trainer, Sarah has a passion for helping people stay fit, healthy, and strong in the safest and most effective way possible. Sarah is also the mom of two adorable little kids. Her sons, Landon and Liam, are two and five, and today we dive into all sorts of fantastic things, especially related to your pelvic floor, why you don't need to be peeing your pants all the time, and your core. So diastasis recti is one of the big things we talk about. So that's the separation in the abs that many moms see after giving birth. So we go really deep into these two things that Sarah is super passionate about. Let me warn you, some of what we talk about is a little bit graphic. We throw around some anatomy terminology here. So like the word vagina is said more than one time. You may or may not want small children listening to all this because it might be a little bit weird for them, (laughs) but it's totally appropriate. And actually what Sarah and I are totally on a mission to do with this episode is normalize a little bit of this because what we both have seen happen in the fitness industry is that we see moms being very dismissive of their bodies after they have babies. And so they think like, oh, well, now that I've had a baby, I just have to pee my pants all the time. And like, I'm just always leaking. That's just what happens. Or, you know, I had my son- six months, eight months, 12 months ago, I still look like I'm a couple months pregnant, but like I just haven't lost the belly weight yet, but that'll come, no big deal. We see these things happening where women are dismissive of symptoms that their body is giving them, telling them something is wrong. And we have both come from a place of having injuries with our body related to childbirth. And so I had pelvic floor dysfunction and Sarah had diastasis recti. So we both have firsthand experience with these things. So we're really lucky in that sense. But the great thing about having firsthand experience with those things is that you learn a lot about it. And especially if you're a fitness nerd, you like want to know the ins and outs, literally the ins and outs of your pelvic floor health. So we dive deep in that on today's episode, get in a few good laughs as well, but lots of really excellent tips around those two topics specifically. Sarah also talks about the five things not to do after you have a baby. She talks about what to stop doing when you're pregnant. She also talks about three reminders to make yourself work out. So, so many good tips in here, so many helpful things. And then she also goes into some of her own programs that she has. She runs frequent challenges so you can get on her website and participate in her free challenges, which sound so fun. So lots of resources for you today to heal your post-pregnancy body, but also give you some motivation to get back into the swing of things. So I'm really excited for you to listen in on this. I think you're going to enjoy it. Lots of fun and laughter while we talk about these kind of uh, crazy post-baby things. So let's go ahead and dive in with Sarah Haley. Sarah Haley, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have another fitness person come in and join us. Yay, and another Sarah at that. I know, and a redhead.
1: (laughs) Yes, and we spell our name the same way. It was meant to be.
0: Totally. And I feel like since your name came up, someone mentioned you to me like two months ago when I was in an event. So I think... I think it was two months ago, like in March, and I feel like now I see you all over the place. I've seen your name in so many places, so I've got to say you get around. You are
1: busy. Thanks. For- well, I've been on a. I'm sure we'll address it at some point. I'm on a diastasis recti
0: mission here, so which I'm very excited to talk about. And actually, I am like the shameless mom who pees her pants all the time, and I've had a lot of pelvic floor dysfunction so which I feel like I never heard anyone talk about and then I had a baby and I was like I'm going to talk about this and actually yeah. when we get into this we can talk more specifically but my physical therapist was telling me she's like I see this most commonly in redheads so I call yeah,
1: it the well, redheaded it might be curse something really with tissue strength and yes. who knows in our genetics but oh. It's also a lot of times related to diastasis. So it'll be interesting okay. to talk about that for oh, sure. Yeah, we
0: will. Okay, so we're going to talk about all the fun things today then. <laughs> so, in your intro, when I talked about all the programs you have going on, you have everything online, which I love. And I want to talk a little bit about how you build your personal and your professional life and meld them together because you really have made a big shift since becoming a mom to prioritize family and still keep your business very much alive. So, can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So My husband and I were both raised by stay-at-home moms, and he would claim that we actually had a discussion about this. I don't actually ever remember having a conversation, although we probably (laughs) should have, and I actually don't even mean that in a negative way. I just always knew that that's what I wanted to do, and maybe I shared that with him at some point. Clearly, he thinks I did, (laughs) but I I did. I knew I wanted to be a very hands-on mom, and I was working in fitness. Oh, for years before fitness, it was dance. And I had done a lot of video work with Reebok, a company probably hopefully you've heard yes, of. Yes, yes, quite familiar. I shot about probably up to like maybe 10 different DVDs with them. And when you're working for a corporate company, you have to do what they want you to do, which was always very helpful. And honestly, they taught me a lot of what I know. And when I became pregnant, I just knew I wanted to do that my way. And, and to be quite honest, they hadn't approached me to do a pregnancy project. Mm-hmm. So when I became pregnant, that was my goal that whole time during my pregnancy was I was creating a pregnancy workout DVD. And I had two partners at the time who helped me with that. And that, my Expecting More Pregnancy Workout program is really what kind of changed my path as a mom in terms of, you know, my work plans. Mm -hmm. And honestly, where I am in my career now, it's just become my niche pre and postnatal exercise. And really just how do you work out when you're a mom? How do you make that even work in your life? Right. And so everything has become virtual because I wanted my kids to be a priority. And so I work with clients really only online and through my DVDs. And that allows me to be home a lot.
0: That's awesome. I think that answered your question. Yes, yes, that did answer my question. And I love that. And we talked a little bit about this in your pre-interview that you try to be like, you know, 25% work from home, 75% be a mom from home. And people who have been listening to my podcast for a while know that I very shamelessly put my child into almost full-time childcare because my attempt to be a work-from-home mom with a child underfoot really sucked and sucked the life out of me really quickly. So I love that you found something that works really well for you. And that yeah. you were able to pivot your profession to make it work for you for what you want. Well, I will say
1: that's always the goal, right? I mean, you put out this goal. And I think then what happens is I would say if I'm really honest with myself, the majority of the time it becomes 50 50.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think by having that 25% right. goal, then it doesn't become 75 or 100. Right? right. I mean, by having right. the 25, I really try to make that happen. And then most of the time it's 50 50. And then When I'm on a big project, it becomes, you know, 75% work or sometimes even 100% work. But because I've dabbled in all of that, I feel, meaning like I've worked full time, I've been home full time, I've done like the middle of the road type thing. Mm -hmm. I think because I've experienced all those different avenues and what it's like to be all those different types of mom, if we can even categorize that, because I don't think we should be categorized. (laughs) But because of that, I feel like I can relate to so many more moms. Yes,
0: Totally. Because I know
1: that it's all flipping
0: hard. Right, right. So as a fitness professional, how has your role evolved? I'm assuming before you had children, you didn't work exclusively with moms. And now I'm assuming it sounds like your passion has shifted. Like, are you working exclusively with moms? And how like, where is your passion in fitness now compared to what it used to be?
1: Yes, I will say in general. I think we all do with just age in general. I do think I'm become such a smarter trainer because I've become a mom. For me, working out prior to having kids was never an issue. I could work out forever, whenever, right. for, you know how long,
0: you know, whatever. It was like it. freedom and fun in the gym.
1: Yeah, I mean, granted, it was my job, so that made it a lot easier. But for me, the excuse, like, I can't make it to the gym, I didn't personally understand. Right. So I think I can empathize a lot more with not just moms now, but with busy people who don't necessarily have a desire to work out. Because becoming a mother and becoming and loving something more than myself has also made me realize that it's shifted my priority to
0: work out. Yes, yeah. Way
1: yes. farther down the list than I ever honestly thought it could be.
0: That's so interesting. So
1: yeah, I think... Do a lot of my clients now and a lot of my focus is on motherhood, but it's honestly more so even just on having a busy life where fitness maybe isn't your number one goal, right. but reminding people the importance of doing it for just healthy living, right. having a longer life and being happier with yourself.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense and definitely resonates with me and how I've definitely shifted in my Way I work with women as well. So let's go behind the scenes in the life of a fitness professional. Where do you get workouts in your own life? And how does that how does that work? I feel like everyone always wants to know like, do you just run for like three hours a day and live on broccoli and chicken?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but if you don't have kids, you can probably do that. I will say that. If you don't have kids. So I have to schedule it. Okay. If I do not schedule it, it does not happen. Meaning, like if I do not write it into a book. Or thank goodness for the Mind Body app where you can actually schedule your workouts. For the first time last week, I had like a 6 a.m. workout scheduled and my husband came home really late and I rolled over. I was like, I don't think I can get up in the morning. And I was like, I'm just going to eat, you know, the $20 or whatever it was because I was that tired. And now you get it.
0: Like when I have clients who don't show up at 6 a.m. And I'm like, how could they not show up? But then like you get it as a mom. You're like, I understand. Yeah. Sometimes it happens.
1: And I think I was saying that in another conversation I was either having with a mom or Maybe it was on a podcast, Stephen. Is that a lot of times I feel like now I'm making the choice between working out and sleep.
0: Right. Yes. I, <laughs> Which
1: yeah. I hate. I really do. But sometimes I just need. The, and that honestly has been the biggest shift, probably from one kid to two. Okay. I felt like with one kid, you know, I could drag him around a lot of different places. And with two, I'm always balancing. So I don't even know those of you guys who have three and four and oh my five. Gosh. <laughs> How? Please help me. Help right. me. Help me tell help us, you. how old so are your kids? Boys, my boys are five and two, okay. so I have one going into kindergarten next year, and my two-year-old will be in preschool next year just like three mornings a week. But okay. yeah. So right now I have one that's home with me all the time, unless I have help. Right. But I'm trying to remember what your question was, which, which was oh. scheduled. I calendar block, and I look and see what are the four or five days that I know I can schedule a workout in, and I have to decide, is that going to be me getting up really early. So about two weeks ago, I was on a really big kick where I was just making myself get up early. And then that's probably why I'm so exhausted now. <laughs> and then definitely the two afternoons that I have help, there's a workout scheduled in there. And if I can, I try to make it like a class that I can go to where I've already, you know, signed up and paid the money. And then I'm like, Oh, I have to go because I paid the money. Right. That's why personal trainers have jobs. But I was a group fitness person before I was a personal trainer, so I love group classes. Are most of your workouts? I would say most of my workouts are probably group classes. Okay. And then, I mean, yeah, I'm just like everybody else. There's a reason I went into the business of making fitness DVDs, especially during pregnancy and post. Those are times when you don't necessarily want to be seen in the gym for mm-hmm. numerous reasons, whether it's because you're so early on in your pregnancy and you don't want anybody to know – or because, you know, you're in your third trimester and you don't want people saying obnoxious
0: things to you in the gym. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> or you just had the baby and you don't want people saying to me, did you have the baby yet? And you're like, yeah, I had the baby. I just still look pregnant. Right,
0: right. Or in my case, like I have mastitis and I can't wear a bra. So I'm going to stay home because my boobs are out all, all over you. the place.
1: Right. Or I'm going to pee myself and I'd rather right. pee myself in the privacy of my own home. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, there's so many reasons, which is why I think even if you don't ever do DVDs at any other time in your life, I think during pre and post, it's so helpful. Yes. Which is why I made them. I've selfishly made them for myself. And yes, I have awkwardly worked out to my own DVDs. You have? Oh, that's so I have. Great. You know, during my second pregnancy, I was like, all right, I'm going to put one of these in. And that's how much, you know, your body changes with each pregnancy, or your needs do, your physical and your emotional. I remember working out to that DVD in my second pregnancy and being like, how did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, my pelvic floor, it was different. So many things were different. But I do think that it's really helpful. And so, yeah, when you're at time. And the other thing I want to tell moms is if you, especially if you're early on, meaning like your kids are really young, Start working out in front of them. You know, it's like hiring a babysitter. The longer you wait to do it, the harder it's going to be on them. But my kids know, hey, guess what? Mom's going to do burpees. And then sometimes they actually join me. Mm -hmm. Like if they see that it's just part of your lifestyle, it won't seem like a weird thing to them or won't seem like mommy's going to do something that doesn't involve me and they're not insulted by it.
0: And, and well, it was uh, part of the family routine, which yeah. I think is it's so significant. Like my son knows that before he is allowed to come out of his room, he knows that I'm downstairs working out. So like he wakes up whenever he wakes up, but he can't come out of his room until 730. And he knows, like, if he pops his head out, he's going to see me at the bottom of the stairs running in and out of our guest bedroom because that's where I do my workout. And I'm like in and out of the guest bedroom, like getting water and like huffing and puffing and doing whatever. But it's just totally 100% part of our family routine. And then he knows like my husband goes running Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so it's just like very integrated into our family systems. And I think that's great that it's just like a no brainer because that's what I want it to be for him when he can start working out that it's just like this is just something every person does. Understood Explains, and it will pop right up, click on it, pick your episode and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Yes.
1: And I, the earlier you can do that, the better. Right.
0: Yes. I mean, it could be anything from like family walks or playing at the park or family tag to an actual full blown workout, like whatever that needs to be for your family. But because for me growing up, and I don't know if this would be true for you, but like my parents didn't exercise none of my relatives exercises like I'm gonna be 41 so I might be older than you but I feel like people who are in their 50s 60s ish plus did not exercise as a lifestyle and so this is you know I feel like parents right now or we're the first people that can be like just this, this is just part of what you do with your family like sometimes right. go to church every Sunday in our family we get up and work out in the morning <laughs>
1: Yeah, I actually hadn't really thought about that. Now my parents do, though, is the funny part, right? Yeah, my mom too. It's probably because of what I do for a living. I'm like, come on. But I remember maybe when I was in high school, I'm going to be 38 this summer. I remember maybe my parents like walking, like going for walks in the morning. But I was also a dancer growing up. So like movement was a part of, it was encouraged. And my dad was in the military for a good portion of his life. And, you know, for that
0: portion of his life, he was super fit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's just dive into pelvic floor. Let's do it. Everyone's <laughs> I mean, we're going to go there eventually. <laughs> so,
1: but um, hey, if Sarah and I don't tell you guys this, then you won't know about it and you won't but, do it. And I know it's such an awkward topic, but so important. Well, it is.
0: And you know, I feel like in my gym, I have a boot camp studio and we have like 26 classes a week. And since my son's been born, I think I used to teach four or five classes a week. And then I got down to like, I teach once a month right now. But I always talk about pelvic floor dysfunction. And I make jokes about like peeing your pants and stuff like that. But I feel like in a public situation like that, I'm being very sincere, even though I do it in a lighthearted way. I'm being very sincere about it. But I feel like people can be kind of dismissive. And I'm like, no, like, I really want you to address this because we don't have to all be walking around like peeing our pants or thinking like, oh, I can't do jumping jacks or whatever. Like there's certain things that are similar to diastasis recti is that there's certain levels of it that are normal and acceptable during a healing phase. And then there's like this long-term thing that is not normal and acceptable and you should not settle for. And so that's kind of I think that there needs to be some distinction around that
1: right or too if more people were talking about it it wouldn't be so awkward right
0: yeah that too my male trainers I'm sure think I'm a total freak show because I'm constantly on them about like you know when you have people do that there's women out there on the floor and they are about to pee their pants and like you have to know that and I can tell they're just like oh my god here she goes again (laughs) but it's so important to me yeah
1: and they'll never understand that you know personally
0: so you can tell you can tell by the way someone does a jumping jack you're like oh yep she's about to lose it (laughs) and I did not. get that until I was a mom. I was just like, oh, do some more Kegels. It'll be okay. Right. I was just like, they're getting
1: older. That's why they can't do jumping jacks. You didn't understand like, no, their body has been through trauma and right. that's why they right. can't do jumping
0: jacks. So yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about pelvic floor and diastasis recti separately. Or, or, no, or I think they so,
1: I mean, more and more research is showing that they are so related.
0: Yeah. So what are, the, what are the common things that you see?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so, so let's start with that. I would say the most common things that I have women talk to me about are a prolapse, which mm-hmm. is what we're talking about mostly when we're saying pelvic floor dysfunction. Yes, there's the kind of minor, my pelvic floor has been affected, and, and now I need to make it stronger so that I don't pee. But the scarier aspect of that is either a uterine bowel or uh, I'm blanking, uterine bowel or a bladder prolapse, which is where those organs can either come really close to protruding or literally protrude from your vagina.
0: Right. Is that the same as a cystocele? Are you familiar Uh, with that term? I'm not familiar with a cystocele. So I have a cystocele and apparently this is a common redhead thing. And I'm not probably giving super specific exact definition of it, but it does have to do with like the beginning of a prolapse. And so I feel a lot of pressure in certain exercises or like when I'm running, there's a lot of pressure on the bladder. And so I don't quite have a prolapse, but it's like, it could become one if I'm not careful. So interesting.
1: Yeah. I don't know that term, but it okay. sounds like very, very familiar, very similar to a prolapse. Right. I'm actually going to see, I still see a pelvic floor specialist from my diastasis. Cause I, I go to get my check-in, you know, like every six months to okay. get another opinion essentially, but I'll ask her about that tomorrow. Yeah, it sounds like exactly what I'm talking about, which is the beginning of a prolapse. Right. Which is why it's so important right after you've had a baby that you don't jump back into things like jumping jacks or swinging a really heavy kettlebell. I always feel like I have a YouTube video. It's probably my most popular YouTube video where it's the do not of what you should, you know, do not do these five things after you've had a baby. Right. And Primarily, all those things I talk about—you know—don't go back too soon, don't go back too hard, don't go back too fast, don't go back too much. It's, is to prevent things like this happening. Now, some of it you can't do anything about, you know, and that's why when you talk about us being redheads, some of it is genetic and some of it is tissue strength. You know, my mom might have very (laughs) similar—I feel bad talking about my mom on here, (laughs) sorry, mom—but has similar issues to what I have, and I think a lot of so some of it is definitely. Genetic, but that's why you need to be so precautious during, especially and more importantly during your postnatal recovery. I feel like even than during pregnancy. Yeah. Um, so prolapse is going to be the first one, or the cystocele, which you know I'm going to go be my nerdy self afterwards and look up.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm but, glad I can give you some research yeah, to do. <laughs> no,
1: I need to get. I mean, literally, <laughs> I could talk about diastasis all day, so I need something new. Okay, good, um, good. And then the second thing is a diastasis recti, and. This is something, again, kind of like a prolapse in that you can do what you can during your pregnancy, but a lot of it is going to be also how you handle yourself in your postnatal recovery, i.e. stop doing crunches. That you should definitely stop doing when you're pregnant. Yes. Um, In fact, I just spoke to... Oh, I have a girlfriend who... I just helped her discover her diastasis recti and, you know, her baby's like a year old. And I said, are you doing crunches by chance? And she said, oh my gosh, yeah, I've been doing them like since I had her. And I was like, oh my gosh, no, stop. Oh my gosh. You know, so a diastasis recti, just real briefly for those of you guys who don't know, the easiest way for me to describe it is if picture you're a six pack, the six pack that you wish you had. (laughs) And down the middle of that six pack is a tissue called the linea alba. And naturally, during a pregnancy, as your baby grows, that tissue needs to stretch and thin. When it stretches and it thins too much, right, so it's down the middle, it's stretching and thinning too much, those two sides of your six-pack are going to pull apart possibly more than necessary. Now, keep in mind, in every pregnancy, it does happen to a certain extent. As you can imagine, it happens more frequently in those of us who have, not me, but If you've had multiples, Mm -hmm. twins or triplets, et cetera, it's obviously going to stretch more. With each pregnancy, it stretches more. So often you see it after a second or third pregnancy, especially if it hasn't been healed between those pregnancies. Mm -hmm. And then also in smaller people with bigger babies, that's primarily my case. And also in a lot of like athletes, dancers, people who've had like really, 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 really tight abs – And then
0: they're just popping. Like they were almost hypertonic. And so all it could do was split rather than give a little.
1: So, you know, if any of those are your situations, I do highly recommend that you just be aware and familiar with diastasis and check yourself for it. And then that said, like anything, it could happen in anybody. You could even not be pregnant and have a diastasis. I've seen in a lot of older men with like beer guts.
0: Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. (laughs) So so do you have a video? I have a YouTube video on how to test for it. Do you have a YouTube video?
1: Yeah, I do. too. I have actually tons and tons of info on my YouTube channel about diastasis. I'm going to put a
0: link to your YouTube channel on here on our show notes at shamelessmom.com.
1: The really cool thing, I'm so glad I did this, and it's actually, again, one of my most watched videos, is what it looks like during pregnancy. Okay. And it's me pregnant. I'm showing you this kind of this coning action that happens with your belly. If you're in a plank you can kind of see your belly cone forward instead of staying round. Right. If you're locked out of the ground, you'll see it cone forward. It looks like kind of like a football. So those would be like the physical signs during pregnancy. And then in post, maybe if you're having some back pain, I would say if you're five plus months out and you feel like you're still looking like you're in your second trimester, mm-hmm. especially if you've lost the weight in other places, but you can't seem to get rid of the belly weight or so you think, those are going to be signs that maybe you have a diastasis
0: So they don't necessarily look like they're still pregnant, but they have like a poking out of tissue in just one isolated area?
1: Yeah. centrally located? Yes. And if that's the case, what I really worry about then is that it's becoming a hernia. And that's again what, you know, people say, well, well, you know, this is just my body now. Right. Well, it could potentially get worse. Right. Um, Not only do you want to get your body back to a place that's strong Mm -hmm. and able to move in smart ways, but- God forbid, it does become a hernia and your organs just start to
0: literally push out. Right. I want to just pause for a second because you made such a good point of just accepting like, well, this is just my body now. And I'm so glad that when I was having, because I totally thought when I was initially peeing myself and I would feel it after my son was born and I was nursing. So basically I like lived on my couch for four months because I had a horrendous time nursing. And every time I would stand up from the couch, I'd be like, I think I just peed like one drop. And this happened for a really long time. And finally I went into the doctor for, I don't even remember what, cause it wasn't specifically for that. And I mentioned something about like, Oh yeah, I'm peeing all the time. And she's like, no, 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 wait a minute. And so luckily she checked me and then she's like, no, like, you actually have the cystocele. And I was so glad I said something and she sent me, f- me to physical therapy, but I thought it was such a great lesson in that don't just accept that like, well, this is just my body. This is just what happens after you have a baby. Like it's not. I mean, you're making such a great point. Like if you still look practically pregnant or definitely pregnant and you're many months out, that's not normal. And if you're having like this protrusion, that's not normal. So don't just accept that this is just life after having kids. Because- yeah, and I
1: think especially your, what you're talking about, I hear that one more than anything. Like, oh, I just pee myself now because, it's, you know, I had babies. Right. But, People are very uh.
0: dismissive of it.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, really? Do you really want to live like that? You just want to continue <laughs> to pee yourself for the rest of your life? Right. I mean, I had an older friend, meaning like our kids were much older than mine. And when we went for a walk, I remember after I would had my son and I was complaining about peeing myself as well. And she was like, she's a marathon runner. and I was like, well, you know, what have you done? Like, how have you dealt with this after you had your kids? And she's like, oh, I still pee myself. I mean, her kids are teenagers. Oh. I still pee myself. She's like, that's just, you know, what happens, Sarah. And I was like, mm, no. I don't think I'm gonna accept that. Right, right. <laughs> I no. can't I can't be right. Like right. I can't be with teenagers still peeing myself. Like, no. Right, right. right. <laughs> but I do, it's a common belief.
0: Right. So when you look at and I know this is gonna vary from person to person, so I wanna be really specific that if you do have a specific injury, pelvic floor dysfunction, or diastasis recti, you should get it checked out by your doctor because the potential for you needing physical therapy around that is great. I mean, that can be right. very, oh, very great. beneficial. Yeah, I mean, I
1: almost say so 100% we,
0: you probably need the physical therapy. Right. Sarah is amazing, but I can't just say like, do these exercises Sarah's recommending no, and that no, will be I mean, great that's for everyone. I, I mean,
1: that's why I see a pelvic floor specialist for my diastasis because she knows far more. I mean, she's a physical therapist. She knows right. far more than I do. Right. Yes, I've made this my passion, but it is not what I went to school for. Right. So that's our
0: disclaimer. But now, (laughs) based on all that. But now all that, (laughs) go buy my DVDs. Right, (laughs) right, exactly. So just go buy all of her workouts. But aside from once you've gone to your doctor, once you have something definitive and you know what you're dealing with, what are your recommendations for moms to proactively? That's
1: what I will say in regards to my DVDs. What I am really good at is making working out fun because that is the only way that I work out. <laughs> so I will say, go to your physical therapist, get the tools that you need. You know, I mean, if it's a prolapse or even a cystocele, maybe it's a pessary that you need, you know? I mean, I even wore one of those after I had my first son.
0: Can you explain um, what that is? Yeah,
1: so pessary, have you used it? No. Oh, you don't know about pessary? No girlfriend, you got to get one of these. The- so it looks like a diaphragm or, you know, okay. I'll be quite honest. my my innocent self, I've never seen it. I've actually never used a diaphragm, okay. but I've You're been right. told that's what it looks like. Yeah. And you insert it and it literally pushes anything that's dropped down too low. Yeah. Like your bladder, your bowel, your uterus, it will push it up and hold it in place. Oh, so in my mind, it's kind of like a body wrap, which I do promote in terms of your, you know, initially in your postnatal recovery, kind of like a body wrap that you would use to kind of pull your diastasis back. to your- and
0: When you say body wrap, I just want to clarify, you're talking about like using a body wrap to wrap in, in and like a yes. brace. We're a not brace. talking about body wraps for like the wrap it up, shrink, whatever. I don't even know what it's called.
1: No. In fact, I'll tell you the company that I support, Belly Bandit. You can go on any of my social media and you'll see. They call them belly wraps. I'm just double checking myself. They call them belly wraps too. And Belly Band, their specialty is postnatal recovery too. So yeah, I'm talking about a band that you would use for two reasons in your postnatal recovery. And I promise I'll get back to the (laughs) pesterary. You would use it, A, it's going to help your uterus kind of go down in those beginning months. So if you are self-conscious about having a belly initially after your pregnancy, this will help you kind of bring down your belly. And then second of all, if you have a diastasis, I mean, my OBGYN during my second pregnancy, we identified my diastasis together because I said to her, I think this is what I have. Can you double check? But that's not an OBGYN specialty, sadly. Right. So that's why they sent you out to a, a specialist. But she had that wrap ready for me. You know, right after I had my baby. Nice. but the doctor—I'll be honest with you guys—the doctor wraps usually aren't that great. Belly bandit makes a fabulous
0: one. So it's totally specialized for what it. Does. Yes, it's
1: really flattering. Like the doctor ones, like you have—if you're a small person like me, you have to like wrap around your body for days. And <laughs> the belly bandit ones, you can—they come to size and stuff. So, okay. so anyway, I'm comparing this pessary to that because what I like about the body wraps is that they will help your muscles kind of go to where they need to be until you can make them go on your own. Because you just had a baby. Like, finding those muscles again is crazy. It's yes, the same yeah. thing with your pelvic floor. Like, yes, you can Kegel and tell your body to Kegel, especially if you had a vaginal birth. Finding those muscles are going to be really hard. Again, just like with the belly wrap, if you had a C-section, trying to find your abdominal muscles again are going to be so hard. Right. So this pessary kind of holds your junk up <laughs> in place. So that when you work out, you aren't peeing yourself. I mean, you might be, but the pessary is kind of like catching it. Right. Oh, so nice. you're not so uncomfortable. Yeah, I would ask about it. Again, my pelvic floor specialist recommended that to me or maybe my doctor. I think my doctor actually gave me that. Okay. You know, doctors are really good at giving you tools to kind of help you along the way, even if they can't solve the problem.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Right. It's true. <laughs> I a mean little, that put a little bandaid that. on I, it. I mean that in the best way possible. Right. No, no, no. I know. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the But again, the number one thing I would say, if you suspect any of these things, and even if you don't, go to your OB or your midwife, have her check you. Hopefully they will recommend you to a very good physical therapist or pelvic floor specialist. And then what I'm really good at is taking the exercises that you should be doing along with new ones and making it a little bit more fun because- if anyone's been to physical therapy, you have to admit, it's not the most like, woohoo. It's experience. like
0: gouging your eyes out. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's And then they're like, go home and do this every day. And you're like, sure. Yeah, whatever.
0: And <laughs> I remember my lady who I loved. She's moved out of town. And I'm so sad because I was like, I was her total fangirl. But I remember she would be like, just do like, you know, three sets of 33 times a day. And I was like, I don't even have time to count to 31 time a day. Like, <laughs> No, but you're like, I'm doing my Kegels in my bed and I'm falling asleep. Right. I tried to do it all when I was nursing. <laughs> it was like, because I hated nursing. So I was like, well, I'll just cram it into nursing since I already hate that. Like, let's just it, make it worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. And you're like, oh, I guess I'll do it in my car. And then you just keep pushing it off. Right, right, right. So my fourth trimester DVD, it's expecting more of my pregnancy DVD and then expecting more of the fourth trimester DVD. Actually, both of these. I have other either Pregnant Moms, obviously in the Pregnancy DVD, or Brand New Moms. In my fourth trimester DVD, I shot it after I had my second son. I am five months postpartum. And then my two girlfriends that are in it, bless their hearts for doing this. One is three months. And then believe it or not, I convinced one of my friends at eight weeks postpartum to shoot the video. God bless
0: her. What a good friend. I don't think I told you this when we were talking in our pre-interview. So I used to have a little, or I mean, I still have it, but I don't do much with it. But I have Fit Healthy Moms as my online mommy workout stuff. And I did a prenatal series and I had my one of my best friends <laughs> when she was pregnant and it was her second pregnancy and she felt miserable the whole time. And she felt like as big as a house the whole time. And <laughs> I would go to her house and we would shoot these workouts. And she was, I'd be like, how's it going? She's like, it's not going good. Like, let's just do this. Let's just get <laughs> I it. I love you. Get
1: this over with. Well, that's and, so funny that you say that when I shot my pregnancy DVD, I'm like eight and a half months pregnant. Right. Yeah. And my husband, it's my first pregnancy. My husband kept being like, honey, I think you should shoot this soon. He, got, he was so worried that I would start to look so <laughs> disgusting. I don't know. That I, you're still looking. Maybe we should shoot this thing you know, like, soon. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what if I like have a baby and I can't shoot it or whatever. Right, you can't finish but, it. Right. But everything was good. My, my sons were, were totally late, baby. So they trust me, I was doing jumping jacks to trying to get them out. It all worked out. So I think we're probably still off subject now. But yeah, so... My DVDs have the material that you should be doing if you have a diastasis. They remind you to do your Kegels. But I will say it's in a really fun way, and it's with other moms that are going through it. I'm not like, you know, I'm not like two years out, and I'm shooting this postnatal DVD. Like, I was in the thick of it.
0: Right. So it's very different. It is very different. Because you remember how hard it is to recruit. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's other moms doing it with you and it's taking the exercises that you should be doing and hopefully making them a little bit more bearable and having something to follow along with. I think that's the other thing too, is you go to physical therapy and they're like, go home and do this. And you're like, okay, now I'm at home and I'm like looking at a picture and I'm not sure how I'm supposed to be doing this. I can't remember. And that's why a video is helpful.
0: And something that's like as simple as a Kegel, I think that women are dismissive of Kegels because they're like, whatever, I know I need to do more Kegels when I went to physical therapy, and I don't know if you had this experience, I had to do like many different kinds of Kegels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a lot of power. And I'm sure you cue for this in your videos. There's different ways to do Kegels and doing Kegels at different times and also integrating the abdominal muscles into the Kegel. And so it's not just like cut off your pee a million times. So I think right. that it's much more dynamic than what most women realize and what most women are capable of if they haven't been doing any pelvic floor rehab. So Yes, before you think that you're just going to be doing really boring kegels. I'm sure Sarah makes it super fun, but it's probably much more ni- dynamic well, than you And I assume. also have this
1: new tool that actually makes them even more fun. Oh. So it's called the LV, And you can go to lv.com. And it is, check this out. It's like a video game for kegels. So it's an app on your phone. And this is going to sound like when I got it in the mail, I was like, is this for real? Like I even went to my OB and I was like, is this okay? Can I like put this inside of me. I'm sure it's no different than, you know, a dildo, but nice. <laughs> it's a little thing and you put it inside your vagina. Yeah. And then you turn on the app and the app will tell you to do like short Kegels. Oh my gosh. Or long Kegels. And it like, I can't even describe it. I have a video on it on my YouTube channel. Like it's not actually inside me. Don't worry. But <laughs> I'm using my, I, I know, cause I was like, how am I going to, my video guy was like, how are we doing this Sarah? I'm like, I'm going to hold it in my hand. Don't worry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but So if you like video games, I don't even like video games, I'll be quite honest, but this thing is very rewarding and it records. So like each time you do it, you see it, you got better. Yeah. But it gives you all those different things that you're talking about because that is very hard to describe even in a video, in a DVD setting. But this is like a hands-on app and it's kind of fun too. Yeah.
0: Oh, (laughs) that's so cool.
1: Yeah. And if you go to lv.com, I will say it's not the cheapest contraption in the world, but I think you can get a 10% discount with my code, which is Sarah Haley X I don't make any money off of it, but you okay. can get a discount. I'm like, I don't think I do. Maybe I do, but I don't what think I it? don't know do. So it's LV, E-L-V-I-E. Okay. So LV.com forward slash Sarah Haley. No, no, no. I think when you go to checkout, you enter in Sarah Haley X. Okay. okay. L-V-E-L-V-I-E. We can link to the YouTube video
0: where I talk about it. Okay, Okay. we'll
1: do that. But
0: it's very cool. That's super cool. Very cool. Now I'm all excited about I want to test out this thing.
1: (laughs) You're going to love it. I bet you're going to become obsessed with it.
0: I'm I'm totally going to be. I'm going to do like a whole episode just on how to play this little game.
1: (laughs) You should. I actually should put you in touch with them because this is a big part of your – stuff, you should really get one of these.
0: I mean, something that I constantly talk to moms about. But again, I feel like they're a little dismissive of it because everyone's like, oh, I don't need to. Because like you said, it's just not public enough topic for people to think that they really need to do something about it.
1: Like you said, when you're in there with the physical therapist, and I would love to be really upfront with everybody. If you go see a public floor specialist, like they're going to test you like with their finger. Yes. So
0: and I had electrodes.
1: Yes, I did that too. It was very cool. All up in um, there. I totally geeked out about that thing. I was
0: like, this is so cool. <laughs> I did too. And like, she was like, this is going to be kind of weird. And I was like, no, I was so into it. And yeah, I was I like trying they- to beat the machine. I got the highest reading she'd ever seen for pelvic floor strength. I felt pretty good about that.
1: <laughs> you, oh, you should. <laughs> but I think that's the hard thing is you come home and you're like, am I doing these right? I don't even know. And like, right. maybe then I'll just wait till I go see the physical therapist again. And who knows when that is, right. but this LV will tell you if you're doing it correctly.
0: Yeah. And also you bring up a good point that a physical therapist that's going to be good for this is going to have to manually feel everything. So if you go to someone who's a quote unquote, like postnatal specialist or like core specialist or something, and they do not like feel your actual pelvic floor muscles, like they will actually put their fingers inside of you or put electrodes inside of you. You're not going to the right person. Like you need to have someone actually feel those muscles and see where they're firing and see where you might have like muscle tension versus muscle laxity. That is all huge. And I know that when my lady left, she sent me to someone else who was in the same practice. So I think she was obligated to keep her patients in the practice. And I could tell by the way she kind of made the referral to me, she was like, yeah, you can go see this other person, but she wasn't really enthusiastic about it. And I could tell from our, I went to her three times and she never checked me by actually physically feeling my pelvic floor muscles. And I was like this, no, you cannot help me. Like, it's really nice to tell me great things and like to tell me that I'm working hard, but you need to have your hands inside of me to know that. So as graphic as that sounds, that's the truth.
1: No. And I mean, I think the good thing about having a baby, right. Is that in my opinion, all that kind of modesty goes out the window. You're like, you know what? At this point, it's just one more person. (laughs) Right. Just get on in there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, my physical therapist told me that when they're in school, at least the program she was in, that this totally wigged me out, that it would be like a room of, you know, 30 women or whatever who would be getting these specialized certifications or advanced certifications and for pelvic floor dysfunction and stuff. And she's like, we had to all test each other. And she was no. like, she's oh, like, yeah, you basically, you're like in an eight hour training and you come home, like most likely you're going to get a yeast infection the week after oh, your training. Isn't that crazy?
1: Because <laughs> yeah, you just well, have to Yeah, well, at least so that's not the situation recession.
0: for most of us. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I don't ever need to do that as a profession, but. <laughs> the people but I'm who do really it as a profession, glad that people do. Yeah. The people who do it as a profession really are passionate about it because they've had to go through a lot to get to learn it all. <laughs> <Aww>. So yeah. <laughs> so that's your little bit of knowledge for the day. So what are the risks in, you know, if you ignore this, like I said, being dismissive, like, what are the long term risks or the long term potential things that you see going wrong when women don't address this? Like you talk about your friend who's a marathoner with grown kids. And
1: yeah, I mean, and I probably should have that's actually a family member. So I should probably bring that up with her again, (laughs) now that I know a bit more than I did when I first had that conversation with her. So I mean, we already talked about hernia could be a situation with a diastasis, right? That could be something that could go drastically wrong. You're going to continue to look pregnant. I mean, I think that was one of the most fascinating things after I had a baby was I kept walking around. I kept saying to my husband, "Oh my gosh, all these people still look pregnant." Like because all of a sudden I was so self conscious about looking right. pregnant even though I wasn't. Right. That I like, wow. And then now that I become so involved in diastasis, I'm like, oh well, all these people just have diastasis. Like that. Right. right. <laughs> I go. It's like the psychologist who's like diagnosing you when you're talking to her. I'm just like looking and I'm like, oh, she's got a diastasis and she has one. And so. You might have back pain. I mean, if we want to go farther than pain yourself, there could be other bodily dysfunctions that can be disrupted as well. Right, right. So, I mean, you're just looking at a pretty uncomfortable... And the potential for surgery, for surgical
0: repair being necessary. Yes, and I have to say
1: that. So I just had an article come out on people.com where I shared with them some exercises and we addressed the issue of diastasis and how a lot of women don't really know that they have it. And I think the percentage they say right now is about two-thirds of women who've had babies have a diastasis. I think it's far higher than that, to be quite honest. Or no, they say one-third. I think it's probably more like two-thirds. Okay, But part of what some of the comments were after I wrote this article, it was shared on people's Facebook page, were some women who came on and said, you know, this is all BS. You have to have surgery really to fix this. Right. My immediate reaction is no. But to their point, if your diastasis is bad enough, right, and you've tried Physical therapy, mm-hmm. surgery is definitely an option. Yes. And I had quite a few friends who've had twins where they have gone straight to the surgery. Oh, they have. One of them wasn't actually a trainer. I mean, a pre and postnatal certified trainer. She had twins in her very small body, and her diastasis was more than four fingers wide. So, for those of you guys who don't know, I'm talking about one of the most common tests for a diastasis is this finger test that you can see on either Sarah or my pages. And if you have two fingers or more, it's technically a diastasis, though I say if you have any finger gap, you should work on healing it. Yes. But if you have four fingers or more, that's a really, really big gap. Mm-hmm. And I will say physical therapy might get it a little bit better, but it may not close it. And if you think you're done having kids, surgery is definitely an option. But I will also tell you that my girlfriend who had the surgery told me that it was worse than a like a breast reduction or enhancer surgery. She said it was worse than her C-section. Sorry. Okay. Worse recovery. Worse recovery than her C-section. Okay. She'd also had obviously
0: had C-section. Well, not obviously, but she'd had C-section with the twins. So the recommendation Um, would definitely be like, do the physical therapy, do all the things that you can do independently.
1: Yeah. And she tried. And then I think, you know, she finally just made the choice. She was sick of dealing with it and, you know, made this choice to have the surgery, which again, it's definitely an option, but like you said no right away, right? That was my thing too is no, you should at least try the exercises. And if the diastasis is is not that deep, you can definitely heal it. It just takes work
0: like anything else. And it takes some time. Right. I've had clients come in with them. And I mean, it's just like weight loss. It's like a consistent effort over time is the best thing for it. And I think that it can be challenging as a new mom to put in consistent effort over time because it's probably not I mean like we've already talked about like it's hard to make yourself your first priority after you have a child. So that can be a little bit overwhelming to people who especially are feeling like they just have so many other things on their plate. Yeah. So which is a good segue to our next topic which is what are your recommendations for moms who have a tough time getting, you know, never mind getting in their kegels and their ab strengthening. What are your recommendations for moms who have a hard time fitting exercise into their daily life? And you've already touched upon this a little bit with how you manage it.
1: Yes. So number one, and I remind myself of this so often, is that something is always better than nothing. Yes. Especially pre-kids, like we mentioned before. (laughs) You know, if it wasn't 60 minutes, why would I bother working out? Right. No. So you're always going to go to bed at the end of the day saying, you know, I'm really glad I did those 10 push-ups. Yep. Even if that's all you could do that day. Right. Right. I think what will help with that is if you can get your workout in earlier in the day. That's obviously going to help you, you know, get it off the list. You're not going to have as many excuses as you might later on the day, primarily being too tired. Right. Finding a place that you can take the kids with you. So maybe that's researching and finding a gym where you can take your kids with you or scheduling it. Like I mentioned before, that really, really has helped me. And then just not being afraid to work out in front of your kids.
0: Right. Having and them keep be part of the process. super simple too. I think sometimes people underestimate their own ability to like just do something on the fly. And so people are like, Oh, well, I have to do this like hour long D V D or I have to do go to this class. And it's like, no, like you could do ten minutes of squats and push ups and lunges, and that's totally fine. Like it doesn't need to be this big fancy equation of fancy exercises. It can be just body weight for just a few minutes. Right.
1: Well, and that's actually why a lot of the material that you can buy on my website is 30 minutes or under. Nice. But I have a lot of free challenges on my website. The, one of the most popular ones is called Say No to Crunches.
0: Nice.
1: And uh, Because <laughs> I'm very into being crunch-free, shocker. And it's a cardio and core training program that's 28 days. Oh, cool. But they're very short workouts. And then the same thing, I have an upper body blast workout that's, it really only takes you 10 to 15 minutes a day. It can take you more if you want to do more. But these challenges I created so that not only would somebody have something to follow, but I feel like when it's a challenge, people are more often going to commit themselves to it, especially when they know how many days it is. Like one's a 28-day, one's a 10-day. And then I have a Facebook group that goes along with it. It's a private Facebook group that it's many, many women. There might be a few men in there, I think, but it's mostly moms and all women, and they hold each other accountable, which is so nice. Oh,
0: that's so cool.
1: And, and so that's all that on your
0: website, to- right? At sarahaley.com. Yeah,
1: it's sarahaley.com. You can see those challenges. Actually, if you go to saynotocrunches.com, you can go there and sign up for that free challenge. Oh, nice. Upperbodyblast.com, you can sign up for that. And then I think either right after this podcast goes live or maybe right around the time it does, in July, I'm launching 21 Days of Squats. Awesome. Um, and you can just go straight there, 21 days. That of- okay. that's not up yet, but it will be. Super uh, cool. So, or you can just find them on my website too.
0: Very cool. And then I know you also, since we're talking challenges, we'll just roll right into, you also have gotten so many requests for a food challenge that you're also going to do that, right?
1: Yeah. So that's the one that's coming up really soon here on June 20th. And like you said, so many women... We're just saying, you know, since I've become a mom, I've just been not making the healthy choices that I need to be making. Can you help me? And so I recruited my friend, Kara, who is a (laughs) chef, and she helped me come up with this 10-day challenge that's really about how can I start making healthier choices in my diet. Now, will it lead to weight loss and detox and all those things that you're looking for? It very well might. I think that's, those are going to be the benefits of it. But really, it's about how can I just make these choices to change you know, my general lifestyle. Things like incorporating more greens into your diet, picking healthier snacks. How can I have desserts that aren't going to just ruin kind of my healthy course that I've been on for the week? Right. Some incorporating healthy fats. Those type of kind of simple things. And Carol was really significant in doing with me was she created some recipes that I've all done as a mom. She's not a mom, okay. but she has given me all these recipes and I've done them to make sure that they are, you know, easy prep, mom proof <laughs> enough, family, you know, family friendly, all of those type of things. Oh, Cool. Anybody can obviously do this challenge, but right. I obviously selfishly always think of my mom's right. What they need, so
0: that's the one that's coming up. And should we link to your website for that one, or will you have a yeah, special I can link for that. to my
1: website, okay. um, or just healthychoicesfoodchallenge Healthy choices food challenge. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But um, in terms of the tips too, I'm on Periscope a lot, and
0: oh,
1: I just did. I'm um, a Periscope about this about three things that I think moms need to remind themselves of because I think mommy guilt is so huge. With everything, but especially with workouts, right? I mean, if you're working all day or you're doing, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, I think then piling a workout on top of that, you're like, oh, well, you end up feeling guilty about it because it's one more thing that you're doing away from your kids. And the three reminders that I tell myself and I'm telling all of you are, one, you take care of everybody else all day long. Whether that means you're providing for them at your job or you're actually with them, you know, you are providing for them all day long, and that you deserve a little time to do you. So I think that's the thing is reminding yourself that you deserve this. And whether that means a workout or getting your nails done, I don't care. You, (laughs) You deserve it. Number two, specifically when it comes to working out, is that you need that workout to be physically strong. I think being a parent physically is so hard on your body. It is
0: so demanding. Yes. I totally underestimated that. Like was my back was not wrecked by pregnancy and childbirth. My back was wrecked by bending over for a two year old for a year. Straight.
1: Yes. yes. So you need to be physically strong. So that's why you need to be going to the gym is yeah. like you need to get your body in a place so that it doesn't get hurt. Yes. And then I think lastly is just you will love how you feel. Yes. Whether that means you feel empowered, whether that means you feel better because you can fit into your jeans I think you will feel better and be able to give more because you did that. So I just think those reminders, whether you need to hear me say it or you need to write them down and tell yourself it every day, is that you deserve to be strong, you need
0: to be strong, and you will feel amazing. I love that. I think those are all very valid and excellent reminders. Okay, so let's go ahead and go into your shameless mommy minute, our little lightning round. (laughs) Are you ready for this? Okay. (laughs) Okay. So let's start with the most important question. And this is actually, it's almost happy, or it is beginning to be about happy hour time here in Seattle. So this is especially pertinent. But red wine or white wine?
1: It's white wine, but it's actually beer. (laughs) (laughs) If I have to choose wine, it's white wine, but I'm actually a beer drinker.
0: Okay. I love that. What's the current book that you're reading or the last one you read?
1: Slash by Slash from Guns N' Roses. (laughs) Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs)
0: your favorite non-work related thing to do when you have time to yourself
1: get my nails done (laughs) but not my fingernails my toes my fingernails I don't even bother with I'm exactly the same because I live in California so I get to wear sandals a lot nice
0: what's one morning ritual you can't live without snuggles
1: oh yeah I have to have a hug from my kids I bring them into my bed when I can I guess it was my husband that I was snuggling with prior (laughs) (laughs) poor guy.
0: <laughs> yes, But
1: I can't imagine what my life would be
0: without that. Nice. And who is your biggest inspiration? My husband. Oh, you're the second person in a row to tell me that in an interview. That is very. Yeah. He
1: is a person that just says he's going to do something and it gets done. And that's just, I'm like a very distracted person. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that is so impressive to me. That inspires me more than anything is just, he'll be like, well, then just, I'll say I have an idea. And he's like, well, just do it then, Sarah. So simple, just do it. So simple.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, lastly, if you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why?
1: To be in two places at once. My blog is called What You Love Who You Love, and it's about trying to balance the people that you love with the things that you love doing, whether that's your, you know, your work, your passions, your interests. And I think if we could all do both things, that would be an amazing quality or amazing superpower to
0: have. What's funny is when I started asking this question, that's what my answer was going to be. If anyone was asking me this question and no one has said that yet. So really oh. yes, great minds. Think alike. <laughs> it's the Sarah power. Totally. The redhead Sarah power. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being with us today. I really, really appreciate it. I'm definitely going to have lots of links to everything we talked about over in our show notes at shamelessmom.com. So for those of you listening in, make sure you head over there to get all this information. Um, I'll have the LV over there and the belly wrap information and then all the videos that we referred to and information and websites that go right to some of those challenges that Sarah talked about. So you can get all sorts of extra information over at shamelessmom.com. Sarah, thank you for everything that you're doing and for talking about things that not everyone is totally ready to talk about yet. (laughs) I hope we didn't scare any of you away. I know, I know, (sighs) no, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. I mean, my hope is that like some women who felt like they were the only ones peeing themselves all the time feel a little bit better about themselves. Yeah. Or the
1: same. And that's what I always say too. Like you're not the only one that feels like you still look pregnant, even though you aren't. Right. There's a whole bunch of us out there that are just going, I'm doing everything that I can, but it's not working. Well, it's because your body's not working. Right. So thank you for letting me share that.
0: Yes. Thank you, Sarah. Well, next time you have a new program or anything, make sure you get in touch so we can chat about that and get that promoted as well. Cause I would love to be able to connect more moms to all the great work that you're doing.
1: All right. Or you might see me in Seattle
0: first. Oh yes. I know that you're there when we come back. Yes. I would love that. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure that if you need any of the resources that Sarah talked about, that you go over to shamelessmom.com to the show notes, and you can find everything we talked about in greater detail with links to anything that Sarah referenced. So you can find information to access Sarah directly on her website. You can also find links to the belly wrap she talked about, belly bandit, to the LV, to her challenges, Say No to Crunches, to her Healthy Choice Food Challenge, and also a lot of the YouTube stuff that she talked about. I'm making sure that everything will be linked up over there. So go over to shamelessmom.com and you can find all of that on the Sarah Haley episode. Additionally, if you are new to listening to the Shameless Mom Academy, please know that we release episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and you can subscribe by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And when you get to that site, you will be in iTunes and you will see all of our episodes that we've ever produced. And so you can go back and you can just binge listen to everything. Yay, so fun. While you're there, you can also leave a five-star review. So if this episode was helpful, please do leave a review. Let me know what you loved. Let me know if you have follow-up feedback or suggestions. I'm always reading our reviews. So please let me know what you're thinking. And then please share this episode. If you or anyone you know is peeing their pants or has issues with post baby belly, let's keep this conversation going. So please feel free to share this episode with your circle of moms via social media, via any avenues that are helpful to you. You can find me on social media and this episode on social media on Facebook or on Instagram at the shameless mom Academy. And from there, you can go ahead and share directly out to your communities thank you so much for listening today. I hope you learned something. I hope you learned a few ways to start healing parts of your body if you have any issues going on. And please come back and listen again soon to our next episode. I can't wait to chat more. And until next time, make sure no matter what you do today, you do it shamelessly.